Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and on this episode, I'll be talking with Steve Guglielmi, a regional clinical director from our Life Stance Columbus offices. And we'll be talking about male identity and male fragility. So welcome, Steve. Great to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. Definitely. The Barbie movie has surprisingly really brought the topic of male identity and male fragility to the forefront. In the movie, we see Ken struggling to figure out who he is outside of his relationship with Barbie and gets swept up in quite a bit of male fragility along the way to finding himself. So, Steve... I'm really looking forward to our conversation today as we talk about this topic and you help us understand more about male identity and male fragility. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate your conversations and, you know, the things I've learned watching your shows. So I do appreciate it. So as you mentioned, I'm a regional clinical director here at Life Stance in the Columbus area. I've been in the mental health field for man, going on 20 years. I've been married for 18 years. I have two boys. Ages nine and thirteen, so they keep me very busy. And I like to golf. That's one oh, one thing nice. that keeps you busy. So, do you get a lot of time to golf? A lot of chance to golf? Not as much as I'd like. So we're about to enter into soccer season with the boys and stuff like that, which we're looking forward to. Got you, got you. All right. Well, as we start our conversation today, let me first say that this conversation we're having about male identity. This is for anyone who identifies as male. So I feel that's very important to put that out there. And so as we kick off here, let me ask you this, Steve, how do you societal expectations about what it means to be a man affect the way that men view themselves and their roles in the world? What it means to be a man. And I tell you what, you sent me these questions at a time and I really started to think and reflect on this. And we talk a lot about societal norms. So my perspective is going to be Obviously, as a man living in society today, but also the conversations I've had as a therapist with many men over the years about the struggles with self-identity and kind of this overall, what is expected of men in our society? As I reflected on this and some of the conversations I've had, I think of one of the most prominent components in this expectation to be strong and to create a stoic presence, which creates a lot of underlying expectations in men in general, and that ties into this kind of underlying idea of eliminating weakness in our life, and really the struggle to kind of show when you're struggling and how that can be perceived as being weak, and that is, can really you run into that not being very well accepted as a man, and then you look at the different roles men play, and this is for really everyone. We all play different roles in life, but one of the more prominent roles for men is that role as a father. And kind of where these societal expectations get tied into how you need to lead and run your life as you're modeling behavior for your kids. And then you tie this into a different role, which I think is a little bit more interesting when you look at kind of career development and men in leadership positions. One of the things that I've noticed over the years and really developing in society today is this kind of this undertone of conflict. I think there's really a developing association that in order to be a leader, you need to be drawn into 
and sometimes even creating conflict. Now, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not opposed to healthy conflict, but I think sometimes at this kind of there's an expectation that if you're going to be a man and you're going to be leading, that you need to be able to deal with and engage in conflict. And that's almost associated as a leadership skill, which I do, like I said, I do believe that there are components of healthy conflict in relationships, but sometimes it's almost expected that men stir up and engage in conflict. And to me, that can be very unhealthy. Is that an aspect of them asserting power then or something? I think so. I think some men struggle with this idea of if I'm not causing and engaging in conflict, I'm not leading. Okay. Okay. I totally agree that there's that kind of undertone of that expectation of being powerful, just almost being a bit domineering. And I know we're not really talking about leadership, but I do believe that there are other ways to lead Mm -hmm. other than dominating. And then obviously, that's the word. I think that's a better word than power. It's the domination. It's dominating. Yeah. I definitely think I've seen that quite a bit. And that might also play into as we get into more male fragility as well. But we'll get to that part in a minute. I think in what it means to be a man, we do males a disservice because we give them a very limited view of what masculinity should be. And I think, you know, what you're saying, they're strong, stoic, but then we're not allowing men to actually feel their emotion. And then we hold it against them when they don't share their emotions. So I I think we just really back men into a corner. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, you're getting into one of, I think, the key components that we're talking about is the shoulds. Yeah. The shoulds and shoulds not, the should nots of being a man. That causes, and then as we get into fragility component, we'll talk a little bit about the undertone of anxiety and really fear mm-hmm. and how that really translated to what I would call maladaptive behaviors. Got you, got you. I we're chatting just a little bit right before our episode. And I was saying how I was feeling men were going through a bit of an identity crisis of what does it mean to be a man? Because I think there's so much mixed messages now. I think because we're seeing, if we're going with like heteronormative gender roles, we're seeing a shift here where I think if we're looking at families, we're seeing both parents, mom and dad, if we're going that, that route of heteronormative working outside the home. But oftentimes if dad decides to work from or to decides decides to be the house husband how that could be ridiculed or seen some kind of way and it can be very seen as emasculated for the male so i think we, we again back up men into the corner or if a man is perceiving maybe his wife is making more money than he is how that might be seen your thoughts on some of these examples i just like how you describe that concept of identity and from a societal perspective how things are shifting or we're talking about the role of what it means to be a man and those expectations and how they're, they are changing. And some men are really struggling with that right now. They probably they wouldn't admit it, but. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing. Doesn't that just they won't the whole thing? <laughs> we're laughing about it, but that's very true. Probably won't talk about it, but which is why we're having this conversation now. Yes. Definitely. Yep. Do you want to jump over to male fragility? Talk sure. a little bit about let's that go. now. So Absolutely. that's what is it and how in what ways do you see it manifest? So I'm reading off some notes because I did a little bit of research sure. on this, but kind of what I picked up of my understanding is really this kind of peculiar anxiety experienced by men who feel that doing certain things causes them to fall short of perceived societal what it 
a societal ideal manhood is. Well, it's really not regarded as a, you look at the DSM, it's not a mental health condition, Mm -mm. but it definitely can manifest into, some would say you need some substance abuse. Yeah. Definitely. As we talk about fear and pain, that really there's an undertone of anxiety and in Mm. some men even depression. But again, Nikki, going off this idea of kind of this shift in identity of what it what men are going through. And so it definitely can create some concern. And that fragility piece for some, we'll say even goes a little bit deeper than that resistance to weakness or emotion, but really it can really manifest for men to really struggle to accept this concept of no or when, you know, if there if a man is being perceived as being mocked or ridiculed, that's where some of that and this is an outlier, but some of that really maladaptive behavior, such as anger and unfortunately, sometimes even that violent, progressive, intimidating kind right. of dominant that can really come out and something when they really struggle with that more deep-rooted stuff. Per se. No, I agree. I think it is such a deep-seated insecurity about their own masculinity. And I think it, part of that is their own misaligned perception of what they feel like they're not measuring up to societal expectations of what a man should be. So I think that's going to fuel a lot right there. And I think for some, they might, maybe for some males, they might overcompensate that, which can even maybe bleed into some toxic masculinity that we might see, which is a whole other topic we could talk about. Absolutely. So obviously being a therapist, I'm biased on this. I think anyone could use some time to talk and process different things out. But I really think it's the men that lack their own insight Mm -hmm. and struggle with a willingness to see that they struggle with these things as opposed to it's almost like some men are placed in this position to feel like they have to prove something yeah proving and so this kind of lead to this really i mean talking about toxic masculinity kind of healthy road to go down for sure you know, I think that idea of men having to prove themselves, it might even be something that is set up. I'm thinking of the role models, maybe the other male role models in the man's life of that. If maybe a father figure was like, you have to prove how you, that you need, you are a man here and making them do different things. I can only imagine the messages given to a man if your own role, male role models are like depicting themselves in that very toxic masculine well, I, as well. I think I'm sure you've learned this stuff over the years, definitely. Going through school, we learned that a lot of our identity, our roots are in that early childhood development. An early childhood being where we'll say two to six years old. Mm-hmm. And our, our biggest influence in our life is the same sex parent. And for and that's different for everyone. Some mm-hmm. boys, if they have a domineering or very rigid father figure in their life, creates this idea of struggling for self-acceptance. Good word, you know, self-acceptance. If, if you're consistently told that you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Some of that fragility or toxic ma- masculinity really can stem from. Mm-hmm. As we, we've talked a little bit already about that kind of undertone of anxiety and kind of fear can really present itself through anger and aggressive, kind of being aggressive towards others. Which does make me, jumping back to the Barbie movie, there was a part in the film where you're really seeing Ken really trying to prove himself and prove his love for Barbie for her to notice him. But Towards the end, there's a shirt he's wearing that he said that basically says, I'm enough, meaning I'm enough. And I think if we could give that message more to our men would be because I don't think men are getting that message, especially most recently. That's for sure. So I, when I talk to, to clients that I work with, particularly that are men, the struggle to be enough, the question is, I always pose this, it's like, who decides that? 
Fair point. Who's in charge of that? And not only men struggle with this, but a lot of times it's in our psyche that it's external. That someone needs to tell me I'm good. We mm-hmm. obviously need to change that. We need to be enough through our own eyes. Now, okay. I, I won't go on a tangent, but a lot of times self-acceptance is often associated with giving up. If that makes sense, if I accept who I am, I'm therefore I'm going to stop trying. No, oh, fair point. I have and seen that. So, and like, I've seen a lot of people get that kind of misconstrued and I need to be hard on myself or I need to be demeaning to myself or therefore I'll stop trying. I have to be hard on myself to make myself even better when it's actually oftentimes the opposite case because you're beating yourself down. Yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So... How do the consequences of societal expectations and male fragility affect men's mental and emotional health, do you think? Yeah, I, I know we've touched on this, but when you look at true identity development and true self-acceptance, if you have this kind of internal kind of, we call thought pattern patterns, everyone has this kind of self-talk and it's consistently negative. If you have an individual, we're talking about men, that is consistently telling themselves they're not good enough, they should be doing things different, especially when you look at failure. And in the therapy world, we talk about the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt Mm -hmm. is about something you've done. Shame is about who you are. Yep. For men, it turns in and translates to shame. And so that has a great, a substantial amount of impact on their mental health. I want to, I still want to emphasize that because I know part of our topic is male fragility, but I really, it is looking at men's shame. I think you just hit it right on the head there with saying that, Steve. I appreciate you saying that. And, and I don't yeah, think yeah. Real men realize it. I, I totally agree. They just have, they develop this perspective of themselves that they just are not good enough. And for some, they've had external evaluation or validation or being told that they're not good enough consistently. And that really can transcend into a negative self-perspective. And I see it going one of two ways. But for some individuals, it causes them to be very discouraged and shut down. In other ways, it can be more hyperactive, either maladaptive, ex- external kind of aggressive behavior, or some that can transition into really healthy motivation. And actually, if that's helped, dealt with process in a healthy way, you can actually have a little bit better results. Definitely. That. Different for individuals. And I think if an individual can understand that just the effects of male fragility and what it means to be a man, just that how it affects them, I guess I'm bringing it to like insightfulness about themselves to see how it plays out with them. It is really key is for looking at how, if you're guiding one of your male clients or even myself, making them aware of what they're doing in order when you know better, you do better. And so being aware. And so then hopefully you work from there to do better within yourself and how you perceive yourself. Does that make sense? It's like the layers of an onion. No, good, good way to pull back that layers. We all have that core, you know, I think anyone can benefit from this idea of what are your core values? You know, we look at that in like for the clients that we work with as therapists in terms of really challenged them on how do you truly see yourself? We learn about this concept of projective tendencies, which I also use. I often use the analogy of projection is thinking that you're looking out the window when you're actually looking in the mirror. Oh, I love that. If for, you know, on the topic of male fragility, you know, that can kind of transcend to that toxic, really toxic relationship patterns and really treating people poorly, mm-hmm. lacking insight to understand that 
you might have a little bit more control over this than you think you do. It's really the healthy way, the healthy look at yourself. Right. So as, as a male therapist, it's really rewarding when I see men come in to work on themselves. And it, it's, it's increasing. I don't think it's where it needs to be, but I think men are taking the time to understand not only societal shifting, but this kind of change in expectations on how they see themselves. I agree. Any other takeaways you'd like to share? You know what, Nikki? You, you hit one of the things on, you said it earlier, we could all use a little bit more patience with ourselves. So taking time to accept you for who you are, and that doesn't mean that doesn't transition into complacency. It doesn't mean you give up on your goals. Right. Everything's right. just But really understanding who you are as an, and as an individual can actually transition into what it is you're trying to achieve. And what we're all looking for is just a little bit more happiness in life. Of course, of course, definitely. My gosh, thank you, Steve. Thank you for this great conversation on this very important topic. Appreciate everything you shared. Thank you. And I want you to know that you're enough too. I would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kelman for the special thanks to Jason Clayton who edits our episode. Take care, everyone. Thank you.